You are listening to a Blazing Caribou Studios production. Okay, I haven't heard this in a few years. Let's uh let's just see how this goes. What does the fuck say? Oh my god. Oh. What the fuck say? That is worse than I remember. Okay, I gotta turn it off. There we go. I cannot open the show with that. Hello and welcome back to the Varmints Podcast, where every week we do a whole bunch of research to educate ourselves and you, the listener, on all things that creep, crawl, slither, fly, jump, hop, and swim on this planet one animal at a time. My name's Paul, and I'm not an animal expert. Hey, Paul. My name's Paul, and uh, hello to all the varmints out there. I'm also not an animal expert. Uh, This week, though, we're going to be talking about a very sly animal who is uh, very widespread in the world and is very resourceful, adaptable, and opportunistic. Yes, this week we are going to talk about the fox. So let's get right into it. The kingdom of animals is fascinating. Now I'm going to tell you about their behavior and living pattern. So come on! What in God's holy name are you blathering about? So we're talking about the fox this week. Uh, Foxes are literally all over the world, except for Antarctica. Right. And there are 12 species of what are called true foxes. Mm -hmm. Uh, The largest and most common is the red fox, which can weigh up to 20 pounds. And the smallest is the fennec fox, which can weigh only about three and a half pounds and straight up looks like a Pokemon. Yeah, yeah. I actually thought that the the fennec fox uh, had a face kind of that looked like a little bit like a bat because it had those big ears, uh, comparatively speaking, to its head. Um, Huge ears. Right, right. It's huge. And and then the red fox is pretty interesting in itself because when you see an image of a fox, that's usually what you see uh, depicted. And they're everywhere. Yeah, we have them down here too, and you rarely rarely ever see them no see but you have them up where you live too right yeah we have them up here and i actually see them all the time um i was just driving home from my friend's house a couple days ago and i saw one run out of the forest preserve and uh into the middle of the road i it was actually kind of a little frightening because it just kind of popped out of nowhere and i was like ah don't hit it and then uh, oh wow yeah because you know didn't it didn't see me and i didn't see it and then it was uh, all of a sudden you know an accident waiting to happen they're very very reclusive down here yeah. They stay far inland, away from the roads, away from people, and if you see one, it's like you remember that we actually have foxes down here. You forget that they're here. Because yeah, they yeah. don't get into your garbage. They don't like live in, they don't live near people down here for some reason. I don't know why. Right. So around here we have like a lot of coyotes and a lot of foxes and the coyotes you'll you'll see more more frequently than the foxes cuz they're a little less reclusive and they tend to to group up a little bit. You'll, you'll see like pairs of them and stuff like that. Whereas the foxes around here, you usually see them by themselves. And um, that's interesting to me because uh, foxes are actually in the canine family, even though they have kind of a different behavior than uh, most canines. Right. And if you go on um, Google and you type in the words, are foxes, one of the first things that comes up is, are foxes dogs or cats? Right, right, exactly. Because it's kind of like if you took a dog and a cat and mushed them together, and I'm sorry for the you know scientific terminology, <laughs> but if you 
it's like you would get a fox. Right, exactly. They look very cat-like to me. And when you think of like animals that are like sly and smooth, you know, and sneaky, you don't really think of dogs. You think of dogs as like the bumbling idiot that kind of, you know, <laughs> stumbles into the room. Like you, you hear a dog coming. It's like, and then it like is in the room or like jumping on everyone and stuff like that. That's not a fox. Right. And it's uh, foxes actually do have a lot of cat-like qualities. Like cats, the foxes are most active after the sun goes down. Mm-hmm. Hunts kind of in a similar manner to a cat by stalking and pouncing on its prey, which right. is pretty cool to watch. Yeah, yeah. But the foxes uh, have a cooler pounce than the cats, but you know, uh, yeah. They get airborne. They get real high. Yeah, they jump like straight up and then dive down. And that's just the beginning of the similarities between foxes and cats. Like the cat, the fox has very sensitive whiskers on its face and on its legs to help it kind of maneuver around in the dark. Mm -hmm. It walks on its toes, which kind of makes it look like it kind of kind of cat-like when it's walking. Yeah, it's just tippy-toeing around. And uh, this was really interesting. Mm -hmm. Many foxes, like a cat, have retractable claws that allow them to climb on rooftops or trees. And in fact, many foxes will sleep up in a tree uh, during the night. Yeah, I know. That, that is pretty crazy to me. There's uh, there's not a whole lot of animals that can climb up trees, and when you ever, whenever you see it happening, it's kind of it's kind of interesting to me. And uh, even their eyes are kind of like they're kind of cat-like eyes. They have uh, is it vertical? I always get vertical and horizontal mixed up. I think yeah. it's vertical. Yeah. Pupils? Yeah, so uh, the the thing is, you know, there's like sets of animals that have vertical and horizontal pupils and like they kind of distinguish whether one's a predator or a prey, right? The vertical pupils are, are usually the predators, so foxes have vertical pupils. They, they have actually really well adapted eyes. They're pretty cool. Foxes have more rods in their eyes than cones. Uh, if you don't remember the difference between rods and cones, don't feel bad because I also did not remember the difference between the two um rods are the ones that detect like light levels so it's kind of like your black and white vision whereas cones are the ones that detect color foxes have really strong like uh vision where they can detect sensitivity or, d- or differences in in light they have like really high light sensitivity what that does at night is it lets the uh pupils dilate you know so they have really open pupils, and then they have these very sensitive receptors in their eyes, and they can see almost like it's daytime. Uh, there are some foxes that do hunt in the day. Uh, it, they still also hunt at night, but sometimes they have to hunt in the day because there's not a lot of food around. And uh, what can happen is that their pupils will narrow, and because they're vertically slitted, they still get light that hits all of their uh, different portions of their eyes so that they can still see very clearly but they're not getting, like, a ton of light in so that they're getting blinded or, like, if they're in the the desert, they're not getting, like, UV damage to their eyes and stuff like that. Um, Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, and so having all the the rods also helps them hunt during the day, too, uh, interestingly enough, because the ability to see um, lots of different levels of light actually allows you to see motion very clearly. So during the day when they have their uh, pupils narrowed they have like really great motion detection so they're actually really good at hunting both at day and at night even though they tend to hunt a little more at night so another interesting thing about the eyesight of foxes is that they have these proteins in them that are sensitive to magnetic fields right so when a fox hunts it does like this thing where it pounces up and like dives down onto its uh, prey right 
And uh, a study of foxes showed that that method of catching prey was something like 20% uh, successful, right? Except for when they aligned themselves in a certain direction. And it turned out that when foxes align themselves with the Earth's magnetic field, they're a lot more accurate, and they end up catching prey about 80% of the time. What? So so they have the, they think that the receptors in their eyes allow them to uh, detect the Earth's field, maybe even actually see it, the Earth's magnetic field. And uh, with their sensitive hearing and the ability to uh, detect the Earth's magnetic field, they are able to pinpoint where something is like in the snow or in a tall grass or something like that like really precisely and then they are able to pounce on it a lot more accurately okay that is crazy i missed that when i was doing my research that is really cool that's like a superpower yeah yeah that that one uh i didn't see it in any of the text research it was in a bbc documentary so i i want to say that's a pretty reliable source oh that's cool we can uh maybe link to that documentary in the show notes yeah sure sure Oh, excellent. They'll eat just about anything. They're omnivorous. They're kind of like raccoons. They'll eat meat, they'll eat berries, they'll eat garbage, they'll eat carrion, just whatever happens to be around. I think they prefer hunting, but they'll 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 eat anything. Yeah, their their main diet tends to be uh insects and small mammals and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, you'll see foxes that live in the city and just feed exclusively off of garbage. They really like birds and chickens. Yeah. And uh that's where Fox hunting pretty much started. I think it started by farmers that needed to protect their chickens, so they went out and they took their dogs and they hunted foxes. And um, yeah, you've heard of fox hunting before, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, I mean, uh, it's it's still legal in most countries, except for like the, the United Kingdom. Um, people go fox hunting. They they like the pelts and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, some people do it because they're a, nu- a nuisance to them, but that's uh seems like most hunting that is done for foxes is done more for sport than it is for uh for practical purposes right and quotation marks around the sport right Mm -hmm. because i think it started out as a way for farmers to kind of get rid of pests and it turned into kind of a way for rich douchebags to hang out with one another (laughs) you know with without their wives hanging around yeah and then they just kind of called it a sport it's kind of like golf except with less death (laughs) Well, I, you mean golf with more death, right? Oh, golf with more death. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know what, what golf's like in uh, in uh, Florida, <laughs> but but up here they, they, it's actually a pretty pretty laid back sport, you know. Uh, so so we don't see too many fatalities coming out of it. Fox hunting led to a separate breed of dog called foxhounds. Those dogs that were selectively bred to particularly hunt foxes right yeah so it was, it was really important to to control the fox population back when um we had a little bit less ability to prevent them from eating our stuff right so that was a pretty useful breed of dog to have one that could uh hunt foxes more effectively right so people have actually introduced uh red foxes into australia mm-hmm. so that they could go fox hunting like they used to do back in jolly old england yeah so that's and- kind of weird uh I think it's okay to to hunt foxes, right? If you're hunting them to protect yourself or protect your stuff, right? Or or if you're actually if you're actually going to eat the fox as well, then that that's cool too, you know. But if you're just hunting them to you know get get some jollies off or whatever, that seems like a little bit a little bit weird to me. Right. So I think we kind of agree on hunting. Like in general, I think hunting is okay if you are going to eat that animal. If you're going to use its skin, 
mm-hmm. or if you're trying to control an invasive species that is destroying the ecosystem. I think hunting is okay for those purposes, but if you're just going out to just shoot things and drink, yeah, I'm, I can't get behind that. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I, I, I'm. I think we're pretty similar, except for. Uh... I would say that rather than calling hunting an okay thing, I would say hunting is a great thing if you're actually using the animal. But if you're just going to, you know, kill a fox and get trashed with your friends, then that's not really, that's pretty, pretty annoying, I guess. I don't know. I don't want to say anything uh, too inflammatory, but I just don't think it's a good thing. No, I, yeah, I agree. I agree. And uh, one more little interesting fact that I found about foxes. You have probably used the word shenanigans. Yes, I have, actually. I I like to participate in shenanigans. Did you know that the word shenanigan is considered to be derived from an Irish expression? Uh, I'm going to try to pronounce this like they told me to pronounce it on YouTube. Shanahuim. Okay, what's that mean? Means I play the fox. Oh, so it's... uh... So a shenanigan is really when uh, when you're going to try to do something like mischievous and like uh, sly or whatever, right? Yeah, when you're trying to, to trick people and mm-hmm. you, uh, you're going to be up to some shenanigans, you're playing the fox. Oh, so I always thought of shenanigans as always meaning just like a big cluster where everything's a little bit, bit chaotic. But I think I had that meaning a little bit wrong then based on uh, its origin. Now, it's being, like, uh, tricky and sneaky and clever and being a con man. Right, all right. Well, that's pretty cool, man. Yeah. Yeah. You got anything else for foxes? Uh, any little facts or figures or anything? Well, Paul, uh, we do have a lot of foxes around here in the Chicago area, and every now and again you'll hear them, uh, you know, making a lot of noise. And the first time I heard a fox, I actually didn't know what it was. I actually thought I was going to have to call the police. Because it's a extremely terrifying noise. I thought someone was getting murdered out in the uh, nature uh, center behind my house. Oh, jeez. Uh, yeah, so let's uh, play a little clip of the fox for you. Okay, yeah, you mentioned this to me when we were when we were preparing for the podcast, and I purposefully did not look up anything about foxes making any kind of noise. I wanted to save it until now, so here's the video link you sent me, and we're going to listen to it right now. Oh, God. Jeez, that sounds like... (laughs) Because this call is mostly heard only during the mating season, it was thought to be a mating call, is what the video says. Right. Ah! (laughs) That's terrifying. Yeah. So it seems... Oh, God. Yeah, it seems like it's more of a a way of... um of foxes locating each other similar to like how coyotes before they before and after they go on a hunt you'll hear them all howling a lot it's like so they know how to get a hold of each other here and we we don't need to hear the geckering yeah it's just them fighting with each other you know what though i remember when i was a kid um the house i grew up in had a nature preserve right across the street yeah and it still does. It's just woods. You're not allowed to build on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the fall, we would sleep with the windows open. And every now and then, I would actually hear that, you know, like at 2 or 3 in the morning. And I didn't know what the hell was going on you, across the street. Yeah, you, you thought something terrifying was happening in your neighborhood, right? <laughs> yeah, and I think that's the noise I used to hear when I was a kid. Well, and I didn't know it was foxes. I'm glad I could uh, offer you that revelation. Yeah, but that that's 
really creepy. Yeah, it's it's it was it was pretty creepy for a while until I finally figured out what it was. I, I think I like did a, like a Google search for like sounds like child being murdered in the woods or something <laughs> like that, and um, somehow I f- finally came around to the fact that it's a, a red fox. Uh, also, I wouldn't what what I just said. I wouldn't look that up on, on Google if I were you. You're probably not going to yeah, find anything good. Yeah, don't do that. Good, yeah, um, you might. That, that that will alert the authorities, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, well, let's get into pop culture, and we'll do that right after this. Hi there. This is Brett Stewart from Geek Cinema Society. Are you a film lover? Do you consider yourself a connoisseur of the silver screen? Well, Geek Cinema Society is a weekly roundtable program where each episode we touch on a film considered pivotal to geek culture. From Blade Runner to The Goonies to Mad Max, we dig into it all. Plus, our guest each week hasn't seen that week's film until the episode. Join me and my co-hosts, Nicole Davis and David Luzader, on a spectacularly fun journey that hits your podcast feed every Sunday. Available on Blazing Caribou Studios. You know, whether they're the ones actually doing all the work or they're only the comic relief, movies, TV, and video games are loaded with animals, and the fox is no exception. So let's talk about where we most commonly see foxes, not in nature, but on TV, movies, video games, books, songs. Foxes are everywhere in pop culture. Right, they are, and uh, they're in my favorite place in pop culture, in video games, right? So uh, there's a lot of famous foxes in video games. For example, if you've ever played Sonic the Hedgehog, especially from 2 on, there's a uh, an additional character besides Sonic that you can play, and his name is Tails, or Miles Tails Power. The thing that I remember most about him specifically is uh, if you want to, if you have like a little brother or something that wants to play video games with you, you just stick him on tails and he can't really do anything. He can't even really die. Uh, and <laughs> he, he thinks he's playing, but because he's too young and stupid to know that he's not really doing anything. <laughs> and uh, But he could still move the character around on the screen. So that, that was, that's my uh, childhood memory of, of tails from Sonic the Hedgehog. That's that's when you're he's old enough to know that you're giving him a controller that does is, something that is not plugged in. Right, yeah, but not old enough to know that he's not actually helping you win the game or anything. <laughs> yeah. And so then there's my, also Oh, sorry, what? No, uh, that we did that with my nephew for a while. He'd <laughs> want to play video games with us, so we would just give him a controller that wasn't plugged in and yeah, he was happy with that and and then he started to, you know, get smart. Yeah, yeah, that's that's always the thing to do with the with the kid that wants to play cuz they think they're they're, you know, beating the game until they get old enough to realize <laughs> like, "Oh, I pressed left and it jumped." Yeah. <laughs> so there's also a, another video game with a with a famous fox, is Star Fox, which is, you know, the old Oh, uh, sure. Yeah, the old uh, I think it was N64 that they came out on. Maybe it was Super Nintendo. I don't even remember. Do a barrel roll. <laughs> yeah, you got Zippy saying, "Do a barrel roll." <laughs> yeah. Uh so so that was a good one. There's there's that famous meme about barrel rolls that came out of there. And now if you would type "Do a barrel roll" into Google, it will actually do a barrel roll. <laughs> I've done that a few times. It's awesome. Yep. Uh, I had one video game, Fox, uh, mm-hmm. from Animal Crossing. Have you ever played any of the Animal Crossing games? No, I didn't even know what Animal Crossing was, actually. You know, when you see an Animal Crossing game, it looks like it's for real little kids. Okay. But Animal Crossing games are so much fun. Sure. 
Uh, it's a community simulation video game uh, developed and published by Nintendo. Uh, you are a human player and you live in a village inhabited by animals, little anthropomorphic animals. Okay. And it's basically, a uh, it's in real time and it's open-ended. You go around, you collect, you know, fish and bugs and fossils and artwork and there's little places, there's a little coffee shop to visit usually and a little museum where you can donate the stuff that you've found. And if you like video games where you have to try to get 100% of everything, which I do, right. uh, Animal Crossing is one of those games that really... And it's a great game. So, um, so it's kind of like the, a... It's kind of more of a, like a collection-based game then. It's a collection-based game. It's very relaxing. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I love Animal Crossing games. Right. And one of the one of the characters in that game is called Crazy Red, and he's a fox. <laughs> he's a red fox, probably. He is a red fox, yeah. and uh, you know, foxes in all pop culture are generally kind of sneaky, kind of shady. Yeah, yeah. Crazy Red is no exception. Mm -hmm. He runs a little black market, and he sells. <laughs> like I say, you have to collect these paintings and sculptures and try to get try to collect all of them, right? Yeah. Well, he sells these little paintings. And you have to be careful because he likes to try to sell you forgeries that are worthless. So do you have like some sort of method to figure out if they're actually forgeries then? There is little clues like he'll he'll do a little a little wink or a little mannerism or a little jump that kind of tells you, "Oh, that's a forgery. Don't buy it." No, okay, cool. And uh the other pop culture reference that I had for a fox is not from a video game, it's from television. Okay, okay. Let's see if this uh, rings a bell. Swiper, no swiping. Swiper, no swiping. Swiper, no swiping. Oh, man. <laughs> I got to be honest with you, Paul. I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, back in 2001, I suffered an injury at work that had me on my back for about three months. Sure. And I watched a lot of TV, and my kids were young, and so I watched a whole lot of Dora the Explorer. Oh, okay, so is that is Swiper from Dora the Explorer? Swiper is the fox from Dora the Explorer. He shows up at least one time per episode. He tries to steal stuff, and that's how they get rid of Swipers, by saying, Swiper, no swiping three times, and then he goes, oh man, and he disappears. You know what? That's a that's an offensive stereotype for foxes. No, just kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... So foxes are normally portrayed as thieves or these cunning little trickster-type con men, you know? Right, exactly. It's because they're, uh, they're kind of viewed as being intelligent, right? Well, how intelligent do you think a fox is? Well, uh... Let me say this. So when I was doing my research, I came across this cool fact about uh, Arctic foxes uh, and uh, how they have to really scavenge in the dead of winter because there's not a lot of animals around. So what foxes in the Arctic figure out is that they can follow a polar bear because polar bears have really well-adapted senses to finding animals. And they, they'll follow a polar bear at a distance so that they won't be detected. And then the polar bear will like find a seal or something, kill it, eat its blubber, but it leaves the rest of the, the carcass back. And so the, the Arctic fox will just keep its distance, wait, and then after the polar bear is done with its uh, feeding, it will go up and, you know, eat whatever's left. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah, so so they also, like, have, have methods in, in the summer, for example, uh, when there's a bunch of, like, geese around, 
laying eggs and stuff, they have a method of uh, going up to the geese, luring them away from their nest, and then going up and snatching eggs away. So they like do actually really clever things to get food. Uh, so I think foxes are actually probably pretty intelligent, given like mostly to how they adapt to situations pretty well. Um, so I'd put them probably at like a seven on the scale. On a scale of one to ten, a seven. Yeah, I was gonna give them like a six and a half because I think that's generally where I put like domestic dogs, domestic cats, right around the six and a half, right. seven mm-hmm. range. Yeah, sure. You can actually get a domesticated fox and keep it as a pet, but they don't really recommend it because they bury their food. Yeah, and a lot of they'll take their food and bury it in your couch cushions, and and you won't see that food until you smell it yeah about three weeks later yeah and all all the uh, videos i've seen of people with domesticated foxes it seems like they like to poop everywhere so (laughs) yeah so yeah maybe maybe not the best pet (laughs) also they have uh you know those anal glands (laughs) the the ones that need to be expressed yeah oh boy (laughs) i will never i've owned a couple of dogs now i have not gone near my dog's anal glands and <laughs> do not intend to yeah if, if his anal gland needs to be expressed let someone else do that that's not oh my god that's, that's not good work i have a really weak stomach especially when it comes to smells like i can't take bad smells at all yeah so so, th- so my... th- this one would get you going like oh for weeks yeah <laughs> would you eat fox well uh, to be perfectly honest with you, I would eat just about anything, including foxes. There's a couple of exceptions to that rule, but uh, intelligent or no, I would still eat a fox. I, I think like the raccoon, I would certainly try it. It would have to be prepared by somebody who knew what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Because foxes, they're carriers of rabies and other diseases. And like with the raccoon, there's a lot of gland removal involved with preparing a fox to get it edible. Mm-hmm. But if somebody knew how to do that... Yeah, I would, I would try it. I wouldn't do it myself, but I would certainly try to eat fox. Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, anything else on foxes this week? Uh, yeah, just uh, I wanted to leave you with one more thought before uh, we end the show. What does the fox say? Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I tried to avoid that. I tried to avoid that. Uh, yeah, I, I, I figured it would probably be... Uh... <laughs> Bad juju, but I wanted to leave you with that little earworm at the end of the show so that you could, uh, you know, hate us for a little while before next week. Right? Oh, I, I have not, I've never made it through that song past the first chorus. Yeah, it, it's it's tough to get through, but it's a, it's a great meme. Oh man, well, I guess we're gonna have to put it in the show notes. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. You're a good sport. <laughs> Maybe I'll put it at the beginning of the podcast. <laughs> Maybe that'll be the, the little sound clip that starts everything off. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah, that, well, it might not. Everybody might turn the podcast no, off as right, soon as they hear it. Right. I have to. I'll have to think about do, that. Do, one. do some. Do some testing. Do some A/B testing. <laughs> well, thanks so much, everybody, for listening today. Uh, this podcast is produced by me, Paul Chomo, and you, Paul Wilk. Right. Technical support is also provided by Matthew Chomo and me, Paul Wilk. And all the music you're listening to is by Kevin McLeod. Uh, go to BlazingCaribouStudios.com for links to the audio and our show notes. 
We're also on Twitter and Instagram at Varmints Podcast, all one word. Subscribe to the Blazing Caribou Studios YouTube channel, and you can watch uh, artist and podcaster Phil Rude draw the animal that we were talking about this week. He did an amazing job, and I suggest you check that out. And also uh, varmintspodcast at gmail.com if you have questions, comments, stories, or suggestions. Yeah, we, we don't mention it very often, but we would love it if you took the time to leave us a nice review on Stitcher or iTunes or wherever you get your, down, your podcast downloads from. Yeah, those are super helpful. Mm -hmm. And that'll end the show. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, be nice to animals. Bye. (laughs) Any one of you lily-livered, bow-legged varmints care to slap leather with me? In case any of you get any ideas, you better know who you're dealing with. I'm the hootinest, tootinest, shootinest, bobtail wildcat in the West. I'm the fastest gun north, south, east, and west of the Pecos. I'm the... Yeah, shut up. You've been listening to a Blazing Caribou Studios production. Support and subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash blazingcariboustudios.